and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we are talking about getting started. Okay, hold it together. Before we started recording, you commented that my mouse was making a sound. You didn't know what the sound was, but it was the sound of right. my mouse on my new mouse pad. <laughs> <laughs> so I put my mouse as- aside so uh-huh. that I wouldn't make that sound, and I was going to use the touchpad on my computer. Right. And then I was trying to move a, uh, a window, our little studio window from one monitor to the other and it just couldn't get the cursor to work and it was because I was just touching the mouse pad. (laughs) (laughs) You were using the mouse pad like a touch pad. Yeah I was just stroking it and nothing was happening just and I just figured it out when when you said you greeted me. (laughs) Okay this is the start of an excellent podcast. Okay yeah 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 right so (laughs) I'm good. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm I'm thoroughly entertained. Well, good. That's yeah, my work I here mean, is done. Good. Mm. It's, you know, not unlike the times that I've touched my computer screen by, you know, oh. trying to do things by touching my computer screen. Which is not a touchscreen computer, right? Correct. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um So, shall we get started? I think so. Let's get started. All right. Well, I'm not sure how we got the idea for this topic, but I think it's a good one. I think that this is something that people who are dealing with perfectionism come across all the time. Like you just don't, uh, or you struggle to get started with something. Right. I always talk about um, perfectionism being paralyzing. And uh, yes, yeah, that, this fits right into that, right? Maybe we if can... you go ahead, if you're paralyzed, you you can't get started. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just gonna say maybe we can help people get unparalyzed. Yes, let's let's see what we can do about that. Yes. Um, so, you know, when we were, when I was thinking about this, there's sort of a couple of different things that come to mind that that become blocks to getting started and one of them is how you perceive the task or you know the or the project and if you perceive it as being more than you can do or really unpleasant or um you know just overwhelming in any any way then that's going to make it really hard to get started. Absolutely, and I think it's—I think that's very common in people with perfectionism, and also with people who aren't perfectionists. I mean, it's that feeling of something being too hard. It, it's—it's mm-hmm. it's like I know I have to get past it before I can dive into something. Right, right, and so that's 
um, a clue to one of the easiest ways to get started, which is to break whatever it is you have to do down into the tiniest of steps so that they're really doable. Right. It's a, it's a great trick, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And then you're talking about really tiny steps, right? Right. Um, uh, I have a series of blog posts in my archive that are called Happy Changes for whatever. And the, and the idea is that when you, when you want to make a change, that you start so small that you don't wake up the chicken little part of your brain. You know, the, oh, the sky is falling. This is horrible. <laughs> we can't do this. <laughs> and then you... Um, try to set yourself up for success because then those tiny little successes are encouraging. That's right. They build on each other and allow yeah. you to not only take the chicken little fear away, but actually move, keep moving forward after you've gotten started. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think that's a really great approach. Yeah. And, it, and it's something that is relatively easy to do. You don't have to think much about it. Um, I don't think you need a particular skill set. The The main, um, I think the thing that makes this difficult for people is that um, there's this paradox of wanting to get it done and thinking that these baby steps aren't going to be enough to get, to, to move you forward, to make progress. So they don't seem worth doing, but when you think about the whole thing, it's overwhelming and it's hard to get started so you don't make progress. Right, yeah, they sort of, those two elements kind of push against or push or pull against each other, right? I hadn't thought of it that way. Like if you, if you make the step so small, the chicken little stays asleep. Um, let's say it's um, doing laundry and the step is to pick your sock up off the floor and put it in the laundry basket. Um, mm -hmm. That might feel like that's just one sock, and that's not going to do anything. But in fact, it gets the ball rolling. Right. Right. And that's the key, is that you, you just start making that little bit of progress and allow that to be enough so that you can keep taking those tiny steps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's what doing laundry is, is, you know, repeating that step over and over again until it's done. You know, I mean, it's not all just picking up socks off the floor, obviously. Right. right. <laughs> but, you know, you because you do laundry, I mean, you have to do it sort of one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of small steps. I mean, if each shirt, if you think of each shirt that you're folding as a step, you know, there's or each piece of laundry, it's a lot of steps, but just one after the other, and it gets done. I think about that all the time because... Weirdly, <laughs> but sometimes I, really, <laughs> I actually do in, in the context of laundry because sometimes the right. pile of laundry to be folded feels overwhelming, and yep. I only—I mean, I—I'm pretty vigilant about about folding each each um, load as it comes out of the dryer. But still, it's just one load. But still, um, but I just I, then I think as I'm folding it and watching the the pile get smaller, um, right. that it's just all I had to do is one step in front of the other, you know? And yeah. It's like, the, it's like so many things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. The thing I often do with laundry is I, I think of it not so much in items, but in time, like, oh, this is going to take forever. Mm. And so I'll think like, okay, I'll just 
do 15 minutes. And then, you know, once 15 minutes is done, I can stop. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like if you're, if you're doing your laundry, like it takes far less than 15 minutes to sort your clothes and then you might as well just throw it in and then you don't have to do anything for 45 minutes or however long it takes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, That's right. 15 minutes of folding laundry. It would be a lot of laundry to take 15 minutes, but you're right. It feels just like it's going to take forever. And, um, yeah. It reminds me that I sometimes will use laundry as a as a um, timer itself, right? So I think did I talk about this recently on a podcast episode? Where I do, it seems like I'm always doing laundry, but <laughs> if I'm <laughs> if I'm doing it during the workday, which I usually do on the weekends, but if it's I'm not, then I'll try to um, break my work tasks up that way, and so it gives me a break from. Oh. Yeah, from work, uh-huh. and then, you know, some soothing and folding of laundry while I listen to a podcast or something, or music. Right. Um, so, that also, what crossed my mind when you said that was using a timer that way to help you get started on anything, I think, is a great idea. I mean, I'll, I suggest this to people all the time, and I do it myself, where I'll just do something I don't want to do for five minutes. And it, like, say it's... Um, weeding out my email if it's gotten out of control. All right, I'm just going to spend five minutes on this. And I set the timer, and I stop with the five minutes, and I've gotten so much done, even in just those little snippets of time. Sometimes I keep going, of course. Right. <laughs> but um, I the timer's so feel, helpful. Yeah, I sort of feel like you talked about, and maybe not in the podcast, but at some other point in the many years that we've known each other, <laughs> about doing stuff while the, while the microwave is going. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I blogged about that. I'm sure I talked to you about it. I'll, yeah, if I'm, um, if I'm cooking something in the microwave for two minutes, I'll go and, you know, put, spend two minutes putting something away, putting stuff away or filing papers or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and so what do you think about, um, sometimes the kinds of projects that people have difficulty getting started on are things that they really want to do. Um, and they're just, they're either overwhelmed by it or they're not sure they can do it. Like, what do you think about those kind of projects and these techniques? Well, I think if it's, if the, pro- if the problem is I don't know how to do it, then you can, these techniques would work perfectly well for, inter- if you break the task into the research involved in learning how to do it. Right. And so, you know, little tiny tasks for that to get the research started or a timer as well you know Mm -hmm. okay I it's sometimes it's hard we talked about this in another episode where we can you can get into so much research (laughs) when you're trying thinking about doing something or buying something but you can set a timer and say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna research how to do this um for 15 minutes, and then I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll stop at that point. And then it's not taking a big dent out of your day, and you can get started. I actually experienced this recently. I um, didn't tell you this, but when you were talking in uh, one of our podcasts about learning Portuguese, I almost said Spanish. Uh-huh. That's why it came out, Portuguese. Oh. Portuguese. <laughs> um, I thought, you know, that sounds like such a great thing to do for your brain, learn another language. And right. I thought, what language would I want to learn? And I thought... Well, you know what? I really would like to think it would be fun to learn American Sign Language. And I don't have a use for American Sign Language right now. I don't know anybody who 
uses it, but it'd be uh-huh. fun to learn it, and maybe I could help other people with it by knowing it. And so I thought, I sure as heck don't know how to even go about learning right. um, to do American Sign Language or learning the language. So I spent 15 minutes or so Googling and found a resource that, you know, one of these great resources that's free until you get hooked and then you can pay, yeah. start paying for it. So now I haven't taken action yet, but ha- in terms of signing up or starting to take classes, but having just done enough research to know where I can go when I feel like I have the breathing space to do it, um, mm-hmm. let it tickle my brain for a while, that's, that's been really nice. I'm glad I took that first step. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that's such a, that's such a perfect example because um, something like ASL seems so overwhelming. Like, I don't know anyone who knows it. I don't, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's great. But in the world of the internet, you can always find out. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, and that reminds me of one thing that that I do um, to so you don't get into that um, that mode of just researching and not doing anything, not taking action. Is I will limit the number of sources. Mm -hmm. Um, I will limit myself to a number of sources. So. It'll be, I for whatever reason, I look for like two or three. If I find two or three things that look legitimate or I know to be legitimate and um, uh, I don't keep going, I figure that's good yeah. enough. Yeah, that's smart because you can research the heck out of things and never get, yeah. a, never get star- actually started doing it because you're still feeling like the research isn't sufficient. Certainly, I went through that with college papers and probably my 10 years as a magazine writer, uh, although <laughs> I was always procrastinating so much that I couldn't squeeze in more sources. <laughs> I was always on deadline. But, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and it, 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 one thing that just popped into my head was, um, was the technique described by Mark Forster, uh, who is this time management guy that we talk about every now and then on the podcast, who uh, has offered some great advice over the years. He talks about our having, it's like your chicken little thing. He talks about our having a, um, a reactive brain and a rational brain. And when there's something we don't want to do and having trouble getting started on, that's when our reactive brain makes it hard for us. And he says that you can trick your reactive brain to allow you to get started. So the example I always use, which is a real life example, is um, vacuuming, because I hate vacuuming. I, <laughs> I, I rarely do it. I mean, because we, we have a cleaning lady. I do it if someone's coming over, because Bix always has made such a mess with his toys or whatever. Um, but anyway, so I'll say, this is what you do, and I do this out loud. Say, I'm not going to vacuum. I'm just going to pull the vacuum cleaner out of the closet. And then I'm, so then I pull it out because that's not scary to my reactive brain. And then once I've done that, I'm able, it's calmed down and I just vacuum away. And it actually isn't so bad. I don't know why I hate it. I say I hate it so much. (laughs) If I have to do the whole house, I hate it because I hate vacuuming stairs. But if all I'm doing is like the living room and the dining room, it's not bad. Well, and that's what just came to mind is um, both with this example and what we were talking about a minute ago is I think oftentimes what becomes so overwhelming and makes it difficult to start is that is the idea of having to finish. 
having to finish? I mean, having yeah, to do well, the whole thing. Having, like having yeah. to do the whole thing. Right. So, like, if you if you think you have to vacuum the whole house, you are not going to want to pull out that vacuum cleaner. But if you're thinking, oh, I just have to pull out the vacuum cleaner, and then you're like, you know, oh, I, you know, I'm just going to do this one area. Mm-hmm then it makes it so much easier. But, um, and also like, you know, if you're thinking about learning American Sign Language and you're thinking in the context of learning it, like, oh, I'm going to have to be able to use this to, you know, I don't know, translate for someone, Mm -hmm. that would be a little overwhelming and it would make it hard to get started. Right, but if I say I just learn as much as I want or until it's no longer fun (laughs) or... uh, right. Yeah. Or in the in the case of vacuuming, vacuuming one room is so much better than vacuuming zero rooms. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> perhaps it's not as good as vacuuming all rooms, but it's it's something that's always beneficial. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're never going to be like, God, I wish I didn't vacuum that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> did I ever tell you that? I'm sure I did, because you were probably around when this happened. But I, uh, uh, one year, years ago... I was having trouble coming up with a birthday present for Barry, and I think money was tight or something, and so I didn't want to spend a lot of money. And he said, don't get me anything. I don't need anything. And so I gave him the gift of vacuuming and dusting every week for a year until his oh next my gosh. birthday. And put, I wrote it in a card, and he looked uh-huh. at it. He said, oh, no, this is too much. I can't accept this. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he, But I did it, and... As soon as his birthday rolled around the next year, I stopped because I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) But I did do it every week because I said I would. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, but I loved his reaction to it. That's what cracked me up. He knew it was a big gift. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's too much. Too much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about another technique that I've used a lot with clients. And this has to do with things that feel overwhelming and and not necessarily pleasant. Um, Like, you know, say your to-do list or something. But when you think about it, most people imagine it as something really big and often sort of looming over them. Mm -hmm. And if you could imagine that you could hold it in your hand. It being the the project or the task? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Even your you know, even however your mind sort of represents what it is that you want or need to be doing, Mm -hmm. if you could imagine shrinking it down and holding it in your hand. Makes it less scary. I can feel it right now. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So just, just that is because, you know, none of these things we've talked about are, are, objectively particularly scary or even awful i mean they're not necessarily fun but they're not dangerous they're not you know Mm -hmm. there's not anything really bad likely to happen to you but they they do they trigger that reptilian brain or that chicken little or the um reactive brain that you're saying that as mark forster calls it and when you're in that mode everything feels like survival Mm mm-hmm and so, you know, all of these different ways we're talking about to to make something feel doing, doable enough that it doesn't 
trigger you into that place. Right. And I'm thinking that keeping your eye on the prize or knowing why you want to do this thing. So for like for the ASL project or learning ASL, I kind of want to do it because I think it would be really cool to know ASL. But I also want to do it because I, I, you know, I'm fifty, I'm fifty six, and I constantly worried about my brain <laughs> deteriorating. Uh-huh. So I'm always looking to learn new things to keep my brain nimble, and um, it seems like this would be an example of that. Right. Like learning yeah, ASL I mean, or learning how to knit a different way or learning all sorts of things. Learning. Yeah, well, and I think that's one of the things that is, you know, it, it keeps me um, interested in Portuguese. And and it's so fascinating. I was thinking about this when we were talking about, like, you know, you pick up one sock and then you just start there. Like, I really don't spend more than five minutes a day on the Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the apps I use just had a, they have a speed review periodically and it, and it will show you a word and then you have to choose out of six possibilities what that word means. Mm-hmm. And you get th- up to three mistakes. Like if you make three mistakes, then you are done with the speed review. Mm-hmm. And I did it last night. And it's like, I knew 130 words in Portuguese. Wow. That's and excellent. At five, w- working yeah. on it five minutes a day. Yeah. That's awesome. And it, and it's like, periodically, I'll have this feeling like, you know, I'll, they also have like a, um, a video of a person saying something. And I will totally understand what they say. And I'll have this thought like, oh, my God, I totally understood that. <laughs> that is so weird that I... <laughs> That's great. Like, it's taking really no effort other than just to remember to do it. And when I forget, getting back on it Mm -hmm. um, and just doing that five minutes a day and getting started with it. But if I thought, if I set out to say, like, and I don't even know how long I've been doing this, but if I thought I have to learn 130 words in Portuguese, that's like too overwhelming Mm -hmm. too scary to get started because you might fail right right oh my gosh that's just great that put a big smile on my face I mean that just speaks to so many different things that we talk about but that you know at little doing small effort repeatedly and 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 uh that you don't have to do it all at once and this is that's great that's really now I want to see if there's an app to learn ASL there, there. I I'm have sure to there, there is. is. Right. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, it's it, it it's a really good experience, and um, it helps. I can sort of take that information that I've gained from this experience and use it to remind myself in other experiences that you know, this small amount will count. It will matter over time. It's totally doable. I will at some point be surprised with how much progress I've made Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I just, you know, get started and and keep going. Yes. And and restart when you, if you stop, just like in our um, recent... Back on track. Back on track. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. That is a great lesson. And while I haven't experienced it with a learning a new language, I think just having heard you describe it is going to help me <laughs> in my future endeavors. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That makes me happy. Oh, well, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the with the getting started thing, it it really does seem to be figuring out how to make it um, feel doable to you. Right. Is this is this different from procrastination? <laughs> That's funny you should say that. I was just thinking about that. Um, I think it is really similar to procrastination because, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the point of procrastinating is that you're not wanting to get started. Started, right. But somehow there's there's some slight distinction to me. Uh, yeah. Because if, I think maybe with if you have barriers to getting started that you can get past, then it, maybe it's easier to keep going. Whereas sometimes with procrastination, it's not just getting started, it's doing it all. Doing, doing, keeping going as well. Right. Although I might be making that up. Um, well, I mean, I, I wonder if that has to do with the idea that um, that maybe you're procrastinating on things that you don't want to do that are unpleasant. Mm -hmm. And you are putting off getting started on things that you want to do but seem overwhelming. Oh, wow. You're a smart cookie. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was not there and I was not getting there in my head. So yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Interesting. Well, and as I recall, your procrastination, your productivity block from the quiz that I have on my website mm -hmm. is your perception of how enjoyable it will be. Yes. Is enjoyment. Enjoyment. So yeah, so that would make sense that you would feel it's procrastinating if it's something that you don't anticipate enjoying mm -hmm. and it would feel like um, you just need to get started if it's something that you think you will enjoy but you aren't sure how to start mm -hmm. yeah interesting yeah 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 well i'm going to put a link to your quiz on the show notes for this in case people haven't taken it because to me it's um it's so enlightening to figure out what your you call it a productivity block is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. What your yeah. Yeah, barriers are to getting started or on things, which is essentially what it, what that, that quiz is, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. So that, that is a, that's a way to get more um, specific information about the ways in which each person, um, finds it difficult to get started like the 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 things that tend to cause you to procrastinate mm -hmm. um it'll give you a little bit more tailored information it's a great free tool yeah it is free yeah and and i've been working on um uh sort of follow-up emails with additional information and ways to uh practice and experiment with the concepts to help people do even more so that'll be coming real soon too oh great we'll have to talk about yeah. it when it's up and running yeah. yeah yeah so um i feel like like you said the getting started thing and it's interesting to bring up that idea of that getting started seems to be more about things you want to do mm -hmm. but are feeling 
overwhelmed by or uncertain about. Although certainly many people have trouble getting started on their taxes, I think. And virtually nobody wants to do their taxes. (laughs) I guess if they have a big fat refund coming, maybe they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had a big refund, and I still didn't really want to get started on them, but I did it anyway. Oh, right. But, you know, and and that's a good point, is that sometimes... And I think people get frustrated by this, that even if there's a big payoff in in the in my case, in taxes, there was a literal big payoff in doing them. It's still hard to get started because that payoff is so far away Mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem real enough or big enough or compelling enough to get you over these little blocks to begin with. Yeah, human nature is interesting, isn't it? It is. Well, and I was just listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about this from sort of an evolutionary biology standpoint. And when you have a negative experience, the chemicals and hormones that flood your system are um, like five times more intense than the positive chemicals or hormones that flood your system when you have a good experience oh boy (laughs) so we're really fighting an uphill battle yeah wow that's interesting yeah so but you can imagine like from a survival standpoint why that would be like if you know you eat something and it makes you sick you want to be darn sure that you're never going to eat that thing again even if it tastes really good Right. Yeah, I see. But, you know, if you if you do something and and um you get sort of a nice feeling from it, that's not necessarily going to keep you alive. Mhm. So it it's far less intense. The experience is far less intense. Both I mean chemically in your body. Right. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, um that's that's why like one negative experience with vacuuming can make you not want to vacuum for the rest of your life. I don't know that you had a negative experience with vacuuming, but you know, it takes a lot of little experiences, positive experiences to make it okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, now I'm busy trying to think of a negative vacuuming experience. I'm pretty sure I haven't had one. You might be able to hypnotize me, though, and bring one out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, we, if we ever felt compelled to do that. <laughs> the, the root cause of your <laughs> aversion to vacuuming. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that that's, that's the key, though, to getting started is um, you do want to understand why it matters to you, why Mm -hmm. you're doing this anyway, and keeping that sort of front of mind will help. Often, though, that's not going to be enough, that you also have to break it down into these small steps and, um, and shift your perception of the task or project in such a way that it feels doable. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Yeah. I feel like yes. I need to go get started on something. 
Right. <laughs> well, well, let's finish this, and then we can get started on something else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what about you? Is there something that you want to get started on? and you're struggling with, um, do you have little tips that you would like to share on how you get started with things? You can leave us a voicemail at 413-424-GTGE, that's 4843, or you can head over to our website at gettingtogoodenough.com and comment on the show notes or click through on any of our social media profiles and leave a comment there. But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. What are you going to get started on? Recording another podcast with you. Episode? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) 